Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with Kim Bollendorf about intimacy with God. This is the very first of five episodes that we're releasing on the topic of relationships. I'm going to try my best to set us up for this little series, so we're going to do things a little different in our intro today. But first, I have to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode, Zola. Zola is a wedding registry with thousands of gifts, experiences, and cash funds all in one place. Zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in a couple's lives even happier. Zola has a free suite of wedding planning tools, including free wedding websites, which are so easy for couples and their guests. How awesome is that? Zola's other wedding planning tools include a customizable checklist and guest list manager. When I was planning my wedding, having a tool like Zola to keep so many details in one place would have made planning a wedding less stressful and much more enjoyable. You can join over 300,000 couples who have used Zola today. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash journeywomen. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash journeywomen to sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry. Now, here's a little breakdown on what this series on relationships is all about. Moving into this topic of relationships, Kim and I actually discuss the foundation for true selfless love, which is intimacy with God. Intimacy, or into me you see, is a thread that weaves its way through each one of these conversations that we're releasing. But it's worth noting that this thread existed before humanity ever came into being as God himself experienced intimacy with the persons of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. The Trinity eternally existed in relationship, meaning God didn't create humanity because he was lonely or in need because there's rich fellowship within the members of the Trinity. He made us in his image and after his likeness. And because of that, We're created to be in intimate relationships too, just like him. That's why he said, it's not good that man should be alone. So back in Genesis, God created Eve, a helpmate for Adam, somebody like him, somebody with whom Adam would experience knowing and being known. But not long after Adam and Eve were created, something terrible happened to this divine image when they disobeyed God's command not to eat of the fruit of the forbidden tree. When they took an aid of the tree, the image of God in humans was twisted and damaged. We are still his image bearers, but that image has been perverted throughout generations. We're all longing for this image to be restored to its original beauty, but God intends to go beyond even what Adam and Eve experienced in the garden by conforming us into the image of Christ as we experience intimacy with him. There's nothing casual about this. Scripture says that he has searched and he's known us. He knows when we sit and when we rise, he discerns our thoughts from afar. He searches out our path and our lying down, and he is acquainted with all of our ways. This is Psalm 139. Even before a word is on our tongue, he knows it. He knows all things, including absolutely everything about us. The reason he searches and knows us is because he loves us. So much so that he sent his son Jesus down to earth to die so that we could enter into relationship with him by the power of his spirit and once again experience intimacy with God. The cry of the human heart is to belong, 
to be loved, and to experience the ultimate intimacy that can only be found in relationship with God. By the power of the Spirit, our identification, our oneness, our intimacy with Jesus conforms us into his image, which deepens and enriches our human relationships too. If we know that we're loved by the sovereign God, it frees us up to be open and intimate in our personal relationships as well. Kim and I talk about how we enter into relationship with God by the power of his spirit through relationship with his son, Jesus, and how knowing who God is actually cultivates intimacy with him and with other people as a result of that. Obviously, this is a huge topic, and by no means is this conversation exhaustive, but Kim and I both hope that it'll just offer you some practical tools to help you posture yourselves towards intimacy with God. In the coming weeks, we're going to release episodes on singleness, dating, marriage, and intimacy within the context of all of our relationships, or relational intimacy. We hope that you guys will come back and see how intimacy is such an integral part of our relationships as we are image bearers of our all-knowing, loving, and relational God. Now, on to my conversation with Kim Vollendorf. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm so honored to have you on the show today. Hunter, I'm happy to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. I met you, Kim, through student mobilization. My, I think it was my freshman year of college at the University of Arkansas. So are you guys still there? We are still here. <laughs> we haven't left. But Sean's changed positions. Is that right? That's correct. He okay. is now a regional director, and so he travels quite a bit to the campuses that we oversee. But we, he still does a lot. We still do, you know, stuff with the U of A students, and it's fun to live in a college town. Oh, that's so fun. Well, I have fond memories of coming to y'all's house, which was so welcoming from a college student, like coming from the dorm room just across the street. <laughs> but you were always just someone that I looked up to. I could tell that you were the real deal. And that has stayed with me, Kim, for 10 years, almost a decade wow. since wow. we've met. Your sons were like six, seven, eight. Yes. (laughs) And now they're seniors and driving. And yeah, it's crazy. It's really fun. I've been watching them via your Instagram and I can't even believe it. It's really cool to see what they're doing now. Could you tell everybody just a little bit about who you are and what you do? These are some of the things that seem to interest people when I tell my story. I've been engaged a few times and the first one didn't work out. And so we never made it to the altar. Man, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? I don't think okay. I did. So you, yeah. you guys called it off. Yes, I broke things off. Wow. How old were you when you were engaged the first time? Well, I was young. I was um, in college. Okay. I was a sophomore, I think, okay. in college. Okay. But it was funny because after we broke up, I mean, I had my life kind of all planned out. And then when we broke up, I entered the season of singleness and was there for a lot longer than I ever expected. It was not part of what I had hoped for. But during those single years are when I learned so much. And so that's what a lot of my stuff comes from is from those years of being single and walking with God. Um, Sean and I got married when I was in my 30s, and we have been married for 20 years. I love that. You guys have a great marriage. It's super inspirational. And your book that you're referencing, you have a book coming out called Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One, right? That you just finished. Yes. Literally like a week ago. Yes. Like Friday, a few days ago, I sent it in and there was lots of rejoicing. I can't even believe you're on a call right now. I think I would be in a coma. Well, I've been there. 
<laughs> I actually just woke up for this call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they caught me. No, actually, you caught me cooking because my poor family, I mean, everybody has kind of rallied together to kind of oh. pull this off. And they were like, please, mom, will you cook for us tonight? And so oh. I, I cooked for them tonight. It was a gourmet meal of breakfast burritos and muffins, but Perfect. <laughs> hey, I can tell three boys would love that. Brooks would love that as well. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. It's a whole nother conversation that I'd love to have with you at some point, just kind of the ebb and flow of ministry and how it impacts your family and how that all just works together. Well, I, I don't know if we're doing it right, but we, we love each other and we love God. Well, there's so many different topics that I had wanted to consider talking about with you. Singleness is one of them, which is kind of one that you brought up. And then I also learned so much from you about scripture memory. And so as you and I were kind of chatting through what topic, we chose one that is more overarching so that we can encompass like both of those things and even more. Right, right. I'm really excited to hear from you on the topic of intimacy with God and just building a close relationship with him. Before we get any further, do you just have a definition for maybe somebody who's heard the word intimacy and they're kind of like, what even is that? Well, usually, you know, when anyone hears the word intimacy, our first thought is sex. I mean, when you hear the word intimate apparel, you don't think pajamas. (laughs) You're thinking intimate apparel. Yes. Intimate lighting or intimate, anything with the word intimate, you just, our minds typically go towards sex. But intimacy is actually a lot more than that. It's much deeper. It's actually about knowing and being known in a special way. Mm. And if I could, I'd love to share a little illustration. It kind of helps that come alive a little bit. But as a young believer, I shared, you know, that I um, broke off this engagement, that I had become a believer. And so that's what changed everything, changed all that dynamic for us. And so as a young believer, I'm sitting in church and this woman came to speak to us. And it's funny, I can't even remember really what she was talking about. But she said this one phrase, and I just stuck there, and I didn't hear anything else she said. But she said that her most intimate times had not been with a man. Hmm. They had been with God. Hmm. And so here I am. I mean, I was brand spanking new, just, you know, maybe a couple of weeks old in the Lord. And I sat back, and I crossed my arms. Like you just broke off your engagement, right? Yeah. And so I'm looking at her, and I'm like, okay, now how in the world does that work? I mean, how can a woman experience intimacy with God, Mm. whom she can neither see nor touch, to a depth and to a depth that exceeds what she could experience with a man? And so I was just sitting there just really perplexed and thinking, okay, there must be more to this Christian life than I realized. But, you know, that was 30, more than 30 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, my 12 years of singleness, my 20 years of marriage— I actually agree with her because she was right. Intimacy is much more than just this, you know, the physical acts that we share with someone. I think there's a part of us that wants to share our heart, our body, our soul with someone. And we just really crave that deep kind of connection. But it's about knowing and being known in a special way. Do you think most people are looking for that intimate connection in a relationship with another human? Oh, yes. I mean, I, you know, I've been working with college students now for 30 years. 
And so I can only speak from my experiences with the college students and in my own life. But I think people run toward relationships looking to find that intimacy. We're yeah. waiting f- for the one. You know, we watch the movies and we just think, oh, that's what I yes. want. And it starts creating this desire for, yes, I want the one. And then, you know, we get in a relationship and a lot of times girls will go straight to sex because they yeah. just crave that intimacy so much. And then, you know, when they don't find the intimacy that they are, they're looking for, they think, oh, well, maybe there's another guy out there. Or maybe he just he wasn't, wasn't the, one. the right one. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a better guy out there. And so they kind of go from, especially these days, you know, kind of go from guy to guy to guy. And so, yes, I think all of us are kind of craving this oneness. And I really think that it's not a search for a him with a little H. It's a search for him with a big H. Because I think God has placed within within us, this desire for oneness and intimacy yeah. so that it would ultimately push us toward him because there's no person that can really meet that type of need of being known like he can. You're so right that God has put this within us. So how has God already gone before us in building this bridge for intimacy with us? Well, we know from the scriptures that he wants a relationship with us. I mean, he has gone to great extent and great sacrifice to clear the way for us to be forgiven of our sin, because sin is what breaks intimacy. Even with people and with him, he has gone to great extent to kind of clear the way for us so that we can have a Mm. relationship with him. I mean, that's the beauty of the gospel is that he provides this relationship that we really don't deserve. And, you know, the scriptures also tell us in Psalm 139, just how well he knows us. He was there while we were being formed in our mother's womb. He knows our thoughts even before we speak them. He has numbered our days. I mean, he knows us better than anyone else. And because of what Christ has done for us, we can get to know him as well. Because again, the scriptures tell us that in John chapter one, Jesus came to make God known to us. Mm -hmm. And so as we Mm -hmm. get to know Jesus, we get to see, you know, he's the exact representation of God's nature, according to Hebrews. And so we have an opportunity to get to know the one who made us, who knows us so deeply. And that's just a beautiful intimacy that you're not going to experience with a person. You know, I think a lot of people really desire that. But then when it comes to just the practicalities of what cultivating intimacy looks like, it kind of breaks down sometimes. On a practical level, how can we build intimacy with God? Sometimes we think intimacy is going to be feelings, but feelings are actually driven by our thoughts. So our thoughts influence our feelings, influence our actions. And so it all kind of goes back to what we think about. And so it's really important for us, if we want to be intimate with God, that we need to have, first of all, an accurate view of who He is and Mm -hmm. have the right thoughts in our head about who He is. That's just critical. I mean, absolutely critical. And so what I have done over the last few years, and this has been even since I think you left the University of Arkansas, Hunter. I remember one day a girl came to me and she was just like, I'm burnt out. And I just, just burnt out my relationship with God. I'm burnt out with trying to help people grow spiritually. And, you know, she just really 
as I probed around, she had let her view of God and her view, how God viewed her, she had kind of let that slide. And she was kind of looking to other people to maintain that for her. And so my challenge to her was that, you know, you need to take responsibility for your own walk with God and nurture your own intimacy with God. And we do that by knowing things about Him. And so as we go through, like as we sit through a sermon or as we do Bible study or as we're having our quiet time, one of the questions I'm always asking is, what do I learn about God? What's true about God from this passage? And so it's amazing what kind of pops off the page when you're intentionally going in asking that question. Yes, you feel like you're beyond that question sometimes. And then you just start going back and asking that simple question. Then I also ask, what do we see about Jesus whenever I'm, especially when I'm reading the Gospels? And it rocks my world every single time, Kim. Oh, I know. I know. You see things you didn't see before. And especially if you're asking him, it's like, God, yeah. I want to know you. I want to know who you are. You know, it wasn't that long ago I was reading through Luke chapter six and Jesus was talking about loving your enemies. And it was really interesting because he says, love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting anything to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And so it's as if that part just popped off the page. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, God mm. is kind to ungrateful people and wicked people. Yes. And so you start mulling that over. I mean, it begins to, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness. And I'm sure my kids have been maybe ungrateful that day. <laughs> so I know, right? In that particular, was my first thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you appreciate that even more. So as I'm, I'm going through the scriptures and I'm learning these things about God, but the key for me, Hunter, and this is what I really wanted to share with everybody, is that I have developed a little system. I'm a systems gal to help me remember because mm. that's because I can have this amazing quiet time or hear amazing sermon or listen to some of these awesome podcasts that you know you're having and I think oh that's awesome but I don't remember I can't remember later yeah and so years ago I came up with this idea of taking all these things that I'm learning about God and connecting them with a letter of the alphabet. I can remember my alphabet. That's the one thing I can remember. I always kind of wondered why you did the alphabet, but now it all makes sense. <laughs> and I still get stuck around X, you know, W, X, Y, Z. Yeah. But for the most part, I can remember my alphabet. And so, Hunter, this has been so much fun to take these things that I need to remind myself about who God is. Yeah. And things that I really love about Him and plug them into the letters of the alphabet so that when I'm out and about and I have a situation come up, yeah. it kind of rocks my world and I kind of lose focus. I take a deep breath and I say my ABCs. And it took me a long time to develop my list. It's not something I just sat down overnight and did because I wanted each letter to be meaningful. To I me. think that you were still developing it when I was there because you used okay. to have lots of words for each letter. I've got multiple ones, but then there's one go-to for each letter. I mean, because I've got them memorized, and I've and I've memorized a verse that goes with them. And so I can be in my car, losing focus, and take a deep breath. Yeah. And go, Kim, God is able to do anything. He's really big, and He cares for you. He destroyed death. He's eternal. He's faithful. He's good. He 
He's holy. He's the great I am. He's just. He's kind. He's loving. He's merciful. He's mm. near to me. He's my one and only. He's my peace, my protector, my provider. He's my shepherd who leads me by quiet waters. He's my refuge. He's my savior. He tells me the truth. He's unseen, but vengeance will be his, and so will the victory. He is without equal. He has x-ray vision. He sees it all. He knows why, and he never sleeps. Even just going ABC. Girl, if I could frat snap, I would. That, <laughs> I was looking at it. This is the ABCs, people. You need to like hit back 15 like a couple times so that you can listen to that again. She just said the ABCs with the attributes of God. That was really awesome. But they're the ones that mean something to me. It has been such a fruitful discipline because now I can remember. Seriously, even if I just go ABC, God's able to do anything. He's really big and he cares for me. I mean, it's like my heart rate just goes down. Mm. That has just been so, as I'm going through the day and I'm dealing with stuff, I mean, it doesn't take much to make me forget who God is, but if I can say my ABCs, I get realigned once, once again. Absolutely. There's a couple things that I just want to pull out from everything you're saying. So knowing God with your head and not just your heart, which I love that whole kind of thing from Jen Wilkin. Have you heard her talk about that before? I haven't, but I need to. So if anybody hasn't read Women of the Word yet, she talks about that a lot in her book and how we oftentimes as women desire the Lord with our heart. Like we want to know God with our heart, but mm -hmm. we often don't know him with our mind. And mm. scripture tells us that we need to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To do that, you have to be in his word, the primary means by which he's given us to know him. And that's exactly yes. what you've done. And you've taken specific verses as you've been asking, what does this text say about who God is? And you've diluted it into this thing that you can practically take with you throughout the yes. day as you're facing different situations. I use it every day, every day. That was one of the things that I learned from you in college was scripture memory and just her system for scripture memory. I've really, really found it helpful. It's been something that I've struggled with, with having little tiny people. Oh, I know. It's really hard to keep up with, with having little tinies in the oh, house. I have a two oh. and a one-year-old. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, I've, I keep up with you too. Oh, but it really, honestly, it's just the discipline of doing it. And that's something that you're so good at. So how did you continue to... Uh, do this, Kim, when you have three boys and you have a husband and you guys are working in full-time ministry, how did you continue and why did you continue to prioritize knowing God's word and really knowing his character through his word? I just, I, I'm needy. Yes. <laughs> I'm really needy. And so I, if I don't have a go-to, I'll just go to a dark and dreary place yeah. in my mind. I mean, I just, I have to have something to go to. I feel like our enemy's main attack is in our minds. He mm -hmm. starts there and he plants thoughts. Well, God's not really good. God's cheating you. And we have to be able to fight that. And my, my yeah. walk with God is everything to me. And so in order to stay sane, I have to remind myself continually of who he is. And that's yeah. how the alphabet helps me. I always think back to how Jesus was confronting the enemy in the desert and how he did that with the very word of God and with scripture. Yeah. And so I'm like, how else, like you're saying, can we fight the schemes of the enemy than but knowing God's word? And this is really, I just hope everyone hears Kim has it together right now. I don't. No, <laughs> no, no, no. One regret that I have as a mom though, 
I was diligent with my kids when they yeah. were younger. I mean, when they get older, I mean, maybe other people have been more successful, but you know, when they get to their teen years, I'm just thankful we, we hit it really hard early on. With scripture memory or with, are you talking about discipline? With just with scripture memory. But I wish I would have used this to help my kids have a really healthy view of God. Mm-hmm. And when they were learning the alphabet, that I could kind of come alongside them and teach them things so that they can have, when they think of the alphabet, they're thinking of God's character too. Yeah. And so that's one thing that I didn't do. I did some other scriptures, you know, some other things. But there's something about having a backbone of being able to remember. You were preaching because this is what God's people have been failing to do <laughs> since the beginning of time. We're just such a forgetful people. And so I do really think are. that whether it's this or if it's something else, finding ways to just tether your heart to the truths that we find in the word of God is essential Mm -hmm. for our life. Like you're saying, otherwise we're just going to feel withered and dry. There's no way to combat the schemes of the enemy apart from it. That's so true. And one thing I wanted to add to Hunter, if you don't mind. Yeah. After I went through the alphabet of who God is, I started doing the same thing with how God views me Mm. because that's another attack that Satan hits. Your identity your identity. And I know some of these podcasts that y'all been, you've been doing on identity have been so rich and amazing, but I do the alphabet for my position in Christ. All too. right, throw it down. All right. I can approach him with confidence. I am blameless. He takes care of me. I'm dead to sin. I've been given eternal life. I'm free from accusation. I have access to grace. I have hope. I am in his hand. I'm safe. I'm justified, I'm known, I'm loved. I was made for a reason. He's numbered my days. I'm an overcomer. I have peace with God. He's qualified me for an inheritance. He rewards me. He saved me and he shields me. He thinks of me. That's like my favorite. Mm. I'm untouchable. My labor isn't in vain. That's one I go to all the time. I'm his workmanship. I have, and you have to kind of get creative sometimes, but I have access to God. That's X. I've been forgiven of my Y sins. Um, And Z, I'm a citizen of heaven. I love it. It's not quite as smooth as my knowledge of God, but it just allows me to get to where I need to be when I'm not there. Yeah. This is kind of like your own personal Ebenezer, Kim. Yes. And I'm going to use it too. (laughs) Yay. Well, it's funny because like when I was building it and Sean was kind of going over, we did some with the kids, but I just wish I would have just really focused in on it, you know? Yeah. But um, I picked for my C, God cares for me. And if you'll notice that's on my side that God, my knowledge about God and also the knowledge about me, that's how important that is for me to remember that God cares for me. And Mm. Sean was like, Hey babe, why didn't you pick compassion? And I was like, well, compassion's awesome. But when I think of compassion, I think of Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them. Yeah. I just want to know he cares for me. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I picked that seat. And so it's been really fun in my discipling of young women to see what they find that means a lot to them about the alphabet yeah. that they create because it's different. This is going to be on the website in the show notes. We are going to link to Kim's ABCs, but... 
I just also want to encourage people to do exactly what you were saying. I think that searching out process and Mm -hmm. just holding that before the Lord and asking him to show you what it is, whether it's ABCs or even if it's just pocket verses that you memorize about his character. Right. Just to like engage in that process with him. Right. That's intimacy. Right, Kim? Oh, yes. Even if you just have one of your, you know, your one favorite verse, you know, that you go, it's your go to. It's like. Just to remind yourself. Yeah. And I think as you we train our brain on the truths about who we are and how God views us and who he is, that those thoughts are going to feed the feelings and we are going to feel closer to God when those truths sink in. Yeah. I know it's been so true for me in my life and I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful for your shepherding in college and just for other people who have come alongside me and just helped me to see that, you know what, it doesn't always feel organic. It doesn't always feel like it's clicking. Like it doesn't feel like a love story all the time. And you definitely have those moments in your relationship with the Lord in the same way that for those who are listening, they know when you are married, if you're single, you may not know this yet, but when you are married, it's not always the notebook. (laughs) Exactly. And that, that's a chapter in the book. I can't wait to read this. Okay. So, you know, if somebody is listening and they're just thinking, man, I am not experiencing intimacy with Jesus. I know I don't feel like I can divulge, like you were saying, my anxious thoughts to him. You know, the women who invested in me and helped me grow spiritually early on, you know, they just emphasized a lot about the importance of really being authentic before God and not faking it. And so I just feel the freedom to be very honest about my feelings. And I see that in the Psalms, you know, David was very honest and angry and frustrated and disappointed and, you know, and, and joyful and excited. So I just feel the freedom to be that with him too. I don't put on this spiritual mask to talk to God. I'm just like, God, I really, I don't, I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm just distracted or, you know what? I just, I'm very, very honest. Yeah. I think I've had seasons way back in the day. I'm remembering back. And even now, what am I talking about? Even now I have moments where I think, I just really screwed up and I don't like that about myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, it's hard sometimes to be honest about being back in a place that we thought we had overcome. Right. Oh, yeah. And but that's just, again, the opportunity to embrace the gospel in our life and to embrace the reality of what Christ has done. And so I think that's that's what intimacy is, right? Yes. I mean, like, you know, with you, when you when you think of your friends, it's the people who know you and have seen you at your worst, but still love you. Yes. That you're drawn to. And that's the same way with God, you know? Yeah. It's like despite this ongoing struggle or despite this ugliness in my heart and the sin or the things I said, he still is pursuing a relationship with me. And that changes you. I mean, like I've been meditating lately just on God's favor, you know, that David, you know, he messed up royally, but he talked about how God's favor was a shield around him. Yes. I think a lot of us kind of drift away from God when we don't feel like he likes us. Or, you know, that he's disappointed in us and we just can't get it right. But that his favor surrounds us like a shield as believers and we can always go to him. And so that just makes me want to go to him. That's a really good F, too, if you're building an alphabet. There you go. (laughs) Favor surrounds us like a shield or an S. I squished it in there, I think. 
what would you say to someone who's not sure about whether or not they're truly experiencing intimacy with Jesus? Well, I think intimacy with Jesus, it makes you want to be with him. You know, I, I think there are times that we in the Christian life where we're super disciplined and we do all the things and, you know, yeah. check the boxes so we have to. But when you're experiencing intimacy with God, it it's a relationship that you enjoy. Yes. You know, you enjoy the things he's done for you. I mean, I like my quiet time. I, yeah. I enjoy it. I'm, and I don't beat myself up if I miss it or if I oversleep. I yeah. miss, I just miss it. Has it always been that way for you, Kim? Or is that something that came with time? No, it hasn't always been that way. I think the older I get and the more I learn about him and the more free I feel with him and how much he cares about me and how much he values me, those types of things have transformed it. But no, I mean, I was, I'm a, I'm a type A perfectionist, check the box kind of gal. Yeah, me too. And, um, but that doesn't really nurture your joy of being with God. I think it really is the intimacy piece that you're talking about because I can just blaze through my Bible reading, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to really describe what it is just to kind of sit before the Lord with an open heart. And it's funny. I mean, this is kind of a side note. My kids are older now. And so my quiet times are actually quiet again. Yes. <laughs> when the, you know, the crazy chaotic years, it was like, oh, Kim, to have to have lots of low expectations. Oh, yes. I mean, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. But it's one of my favorite verses is that he gently leads those who have young. And I can't even remember exactly where it is. Mm. But I love that about God. I mean, he knows when you have kids, it's crazy. Oh, it is absolutely insane. A quiet time is no longer quiet. That is for sure. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, if you had to offer just kind of one overarching goal or purpose for building intimacy with God, what would you say? I jotted this down in the book because I I think it kind of sums up kind of the overarching of what I'm trying to say. But if we know God well we'll learn to love him. Yes. And if we love him, it's easier to trust him. And if we trust him, we're more willing to obey him. And if we obey him, we'll experience his best. And so I just think that kind of sums that is so it, good. it all up. Yeah, I wrote that at karate one day. <laughs> my son was at karate. That is I, true I, mom I life. was experiencing intimacy <laughs> with God while my son was doing his karate. Kim, that is like a side topic, but that's definitely been something that I am learning in motherhood. It is really, really hard to set aside expectations of what a quiet time looks like. And I think that's why back again, just to figuring out ways in which you are going to cultivate the discipline of remembrance and particularly remembering the character of God is so important because right we view ourselves in light of who he is and so everything that we do is acted out of a belief of who god is all of that to say i am in those years of the 5 a.m wake up and i'm still not (laughs) up early enough for quiet time the struggle is real over here Thanks for that encouragement. You're very welcome. I do keep thinking like I can't see out of these next however many years, but I know one day I will be able to sit with a cup of coffee in bed and read my Bible again. I was a journal keeping mama and I had all this stuff and I, you know, I just, I love all my little systems and you have kids and systems just kind of. My systems went to pits. 
Yeah. And it's okay. You know, that's, just, yes. that's the season. And it's just learning to learn to enjoy the relationship with God. Yeah. I mean, that's when yeah. scripture memory became such a big part of my life because, yeah. you know, I could always have at least one verse that I was thinking about each week. My one go-to verse and that sustained me through motherhood, you yeah. know, just one verse at a time, one verse at a time. And I would review them while they're in the bathtub and, you know, just try to be creative in the way that I am. I didn't do as much, maybe, but I tried yeah. to do what I could with a little. You're so right. When I am intentional about this, which hear me when I say I'm not right now, <laughs> but when yeah. I am, I find that scripture memory fuels meditation, right? And mm -hmm. scripture talks about how may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight of God. And I can meditate even as I'm like right now we're struggling with sleep with Davy, just like uh, patting Davy's back for the 5,000th mm -hmm. time, just meditating on whatever verse it is that I'm memorizing at the time. And it is so life-giving as opposed to me sitting there patting Davy's back and getting progressively angry, more and mm -hmm. more mad <laughs> mm -hmm. about my circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of those practical tips and you of course, welcome. all of this will be listed in the show notes, including the link, hopefully, to Kim's book by the time. When when will your book actually be in print, Kim? It will come out in January. We have our big annual conference. Okay. So it'll come out in time for that. We will link to that in the show notes. And, you know, I'd love to hear if there are any recommended resources that you have for somebody that's wanting to grow in this area in their life, just in cultivating intimacy with God. I think the first is just daily time in God's word, even yes. if it's just a little bit, you know, or even if you have to take my list, if you're a mom and you're nursing and you got little bitties and, you know, that you just take, you know, use my verse, lean on me. Yeah. It's what's, what's Kim's A and God is able to do anything, you know, and go over that verse and let it sink in. And then one day when you have a little bit more time, you can find your own A, Yeah, you know, um, but I think just we can't get around just intentionally being still before God, even if it's just for a very short time. Mm -hmm. um, and then asking the question, you know, God, you know, what can I learn about you? Is there anything new in here? Is there any new truths about me? The other resource is that, you know, I've created this bookmark that, you know, has the alphabet listed and it's got a pretty little, you know, edge on it and um, you can use pencil and erase. And so that's kind of what I use and you can get those on my website as well. Yay. Um, I'm excited. It's just, a, it's just a little tool. I mean, you can make your own sheet of paper and alphabet on it, but over time it's just kind of morphed into that. And on one side it's truth about God and the other side it's truth about me. And, um, and so it's just always kind of handy. And then the third thing, and we haven't talked about it as much, but, you know, back to this whole intimacy idea, there is a, a ministry out there led by Julie Slattery. She's actually a psychologist, so it's Dr. Julie Slattery. And she's written extensively on intimacy from a biblical perspective. Hmm. And she is really on the front runner because I know we haven't really talked about the sexual side of intimacy with a husband, yes. but she talks about it extensively. She, she's published a lot of books, her website, her podcast, her blog is just, is really rich. And it's just, she's talking about things that women in the church haven't been talking about, but she talks about them. Cool. And I just, 
I'm a fan. And authentic intimacy, they cover every, like she just came out with this book, Sex and the Single Girl. And I'm like, every single girl needs to read that book. Wow. I mean, it okay. is amazing. Good, and then good. she's got another Bible study called Passion Pursuit. Okay. And it's for married women. And some of our um, staff have gone through it. And it's just, and we're cool. going to go through it with our wives retreat. So it's just, she's got a lot of great resources. And she's talking about stuff, like I said, that people just aren't talking about. We'll have to see if we can get her on the podcast. That's cool. I'd love to connect you guys. Awesome. Well, those are great. And like I said, they'll all be linked in the show notes. So no worries about typing anything down. Well, I would love to hear from you, Kim. I asked this to every single one of my guests. What are your three simple joys? Oh, so fun to think about. One of my joys is just drinking. I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm very unique. I just, I don't drink coffee, but in the morning, I love to have a cup of tea. Earl Grey and my Bible. C.S. Lewis style. (laughs) I guess so. Look at me. But that just to start the morning like that. And again, it hasn't always been that way. My kids are older now. And so I can actually get up a little bit earlier than they do. But that's a simple joy. That is. I'm looking forward to that. I think this one you may not be able to relate to, but I haven't mentioned this yet, but I'm six foot one. So I'm a very tall little glass of water. I've been called that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a simple joy for me is to put on a pair of jeans that fit and are long enough. I mean, I have the same struggle, but it's a different type of fit. You know, when they started carrying these tall sizes online, I just, I was a new person. So that's a real simple joy. Do you have a favorite brand of jean? Well, I've been a Gap girl for a long time, but American Eagle, some like some wow. moms at the soccer game were like, I know you think American Eagle, you think middle schoolers, but they really have some cute jeans and they have my 36 inch inseam. Wow. And, so, and they have good prices too. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, girl. That's awesome. So, oh yeah. And then I think my third one is I love a well-organized drawer. To open up a drawer and it's kind of in order. You know, I can't, I can't create order on all my world, but you know, there are a couple of drawers that I just are well ordered (laughs) and that just, mm, I just love it. Yes. I feel like I need to go reorganize some drawers and then I'm just going to feel so much more in control of my life. That's (laughs) not a good thing. I I can, I've got one drawer. (laughs) No one else is in it. I can control it. Well, Hey, as a journey woman with Jesus, I would just love to also hear who it is that's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus. And as I think about that, there are honestly too many to count because I mean, obviously, Kathy, she's the one who led me to Christ in college. I'm very grateful for her because she was able to, she lived a Christian life. She was able to communicate the Christian life Mm. in a way that I could understand. And it was very transforming for me. But I, it just seems like there've been lots of women along the way who were just the right person I needed at that time and who took time to invest in me. But there's the common thread of these older women investing in younger women. And so I guess that's what kind of motivates me now as an older woman, now that I'm in my fifties to turn around and help these younger women. love their husbands before they even have one, you know, and to pass on the things that were so helpful for me. It's not like I came up with new stuff. I think I'm I'm assimilation. That's me too. You're one of the ones I've copied. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Thanks. Well, it's mutual. I mean, I learned from the girls I disciple too. But I'm just really grateful for the older women who just opened up their lives and their walk with God and helped me learn from them. Yes. Well, I've mentioned it multiple times, but honestly, you know, I think I experienced that for the very first time 
in college, just kind of in a potent way. And I definitely had a few people who were pouring into me before that. So I don't want to discredit them in that way. But it's the first time that I remember it being this process that was intentionally sought out and for no other reason than but to multiply yourself as a follower of Christ. I'm just so grateful. Thanks for coming on the show. I am inspired by Kim's devotion to really know God through his word. On a personal level, you may not go about this by creating a handy alphabet like Kim did, but I want to encourage you to invest time getting to know God through his word, whatever that looks like for you. Last week's episode, Biblical Literacy for Women with Kristen Smucker, is another great resource for learning how to do that. We're going to continue this discussion on relationships in the coming weeks, and we hope that you guys will be here to do that with us. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast via whatever platform you're listening to so that you don't miss it. If you're enjoying these conversations, come over and chat with us throughout the week. You can do that on social media at Journey Women Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or at Journey Women Pod on Twitter. Everything Kim and I discussed will be in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. We're so grateful to get to journey alongside y'all. Thanks for doing that this week and we'll see you here next Monday.